Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing world and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description, including the email that you can just copy and paste into your email browser, whatever you want to call it, the messenger thing, and just send me a message anytime you want. So we have a lot of things to cover. I wanted to kind of take my time uh, before posting this uh, podcast, or actually recording this podcast, because today on a Thursday, we had the state of play that was focused on Horizon Forbidden West, which is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn which is a new IP, a new franchise made by Guerrilla Games, the makers of Killzone. So they made Horizon. It was great. People loved it. It was a great PS4 game. It kind of gave PS4 that jump around that time, around 2017, that kind of led them to... It, it, not that that game was the thing that led to all those amazing PS4 exclusives, but it did kind of start, start, get, start to get the ball rolling and we started seeing games like Spider-Man and God of War and... Uh, Death Stranding, Days Gone, Last of Us Part 2, like all that stuff kind of come after. So Horizon that way was a pretty big game. And of course, it was also a pretty big game because it was a new IP that sold really well and that did really well for Sony to the point that we are getting a sequel for the PS5. So the gameplay reveal was today. It was only 20 minutes or so long. It wasn't, it wasn't that long. But I obviously purposely tried not to watch too much of it, just because I'm excited for the game. I'm just kind of waiting for the sequel. I'm just waiting for when, when it comes out. I mean, I just want to have it in my hands, be able to play the game, and just kind of test it out for myself. So in that respect, like I, from what I saw, it looks great. It definitely looks like a PS5 game, but at the same time, you can kind of see that there's, there's certain things that you will notice that does kind of remind you of the PS4 era. Um, obviously, I, I like I don't know if I should say it because if I say it, then you might start focusing on it and you might start noticing it. But you know what? Okay, what? I'll say it. I'll say it either way. It's, this thing is weird, but I don't know if it's a bug. But if you notice in Horizon Forbidden West, and this was something that I noticed in Horizon Zero Dawn as well, when they go from scene to scene, be it a cutscene or whatever, when they go from scene to scene, there's always a bit of a pause before the, the, second, the next scene starts. So the person is talking and they switch to the next scene or the next clip or whatever you want to call it, just like the next camera. And you'll see it pause and start. It'll be like a pause and start. And it really frustrates me. And I think that's definitely a limitation of the PS4. Uh, maybe it has to do with the way the game is streaming on the hard drive. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but even with the SSD, I guess, I don't know if it's not able to kind of work with it or if it's something to do with the engine itself. Uh, although we didn't see that with Death Stranding, which also used the same engine. So I don't, I don't think that's the reason. But either way, that's something that it is. I wish that this was a game that was solely for the PS5. Um, and it is kind of like Spider-Man Miles Morales where you can see that, okay, they, they've added some cool things. It does look better. It has like cool features here and there. But of course, you can still play this game on the PS4 and it won't look as good, but it will basically be able to run that engine, run that game uh, to its full potential. And like, of course, that's fine. But like I said, like as me having a PS5, I'm, I'm just one, I just want games like Ratchet and Clank, like Returnal even, even though I haven't played it, I don't, I don't really plan on buying it for that price. But I just want more and more games that are solely for the PS5 made by Sony, uh, made by PlayStation Studios and stuff like that. So 
I was I was deep down hoping that maybe they will come out and say, you know what, we decided that we can make this game for the PS4. We're gonna focus solely on the PS5. That would be great. But Sony's not gonna do that. Sony knows they have a huge, uh, huge base that they that they can definitely get a bit more money from in the next couple of years, especially especially now when PS5s are already so hard to get. So I can kind of see what Sony. Like I said, Sony is a business. They don't care about our feelings. They don't care about us in terms and and what we want what value we should be getting for them it's, it's a business so like i can totally kind of get it from their perspective that look we're having a lot of trouble getting these psis out and whenever they go out they get sold out but we we just can't supply enough of them and even with like the amount that we have like you know like if they were to let's say start selling the game if everyone that had the ps5 right now buys a game you know we'll we'll sell like eight or nine million copies or whatever the amount is i, I forgot what the ps5 uh, sold amount is probably around eight or nine or maybe 10 million or whatever it is but like that that's like the amount we'll get but if you look at horizon or god of war or all like those games they, they did sell like i think more than 12 13 14 million i forgot what it was but they sold quite a bit so for them their think their thought process is that hey what if we you know it, we can get this to everyone in the, in, in, that has the ps5 in their hands but if you put on the ps5 kind of like miles morales and how miles morales is selling like crazy as well put it on both sides will not only get anyone that buys the PS5, anyone that buys the PS5 will want to get Demon Souls, Miles Morales, you know, maybe uh, Returnal, maybe Ratchet and Clank. Like people, they, when you get a PS5, you want games that are meant for that console. So they'll start getting those. So they they can almost guarantee a bit of a sale, but at the same time, they'll say, hey, there's all the people that can get a PS5. Why not give it to them as well? And we'll get a lot of money from there too. So they're just thinking of this as a business. And in that way, it does make sense. But basically from what I saw, it looks good. It looks like a it looks like a fun game. It looks like it will be again a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten uh, type of a game. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about the story. Like I'm, I wasn't really keeping track of what the story what was happening. The story, like I said, like I did my best to just not focus too because I like the, I try to do this for any game that I, I do want to play. I just don't I just don't see the point. Like I rather just get the game and play the game when it comes out. Um, but it obviously it looks really great and it does kind of really push the PS5 further when compared to Xbox. I mean, like I was kind of bringing it up, Xbox came out with the medium at the beginning of the year, which I was really excited for. And I played the game on my PC and yeah, it was not a good game. It was not, I have no idea how or why people were giving it nine out of 10, but I mean, not everyone did. Like it still got like, I mean, it was still like overall Metacritic wise, wasn't that high, which I mean, which itself tells you a lot, but it was not a fun game. And that was kind of the big exclusive, the big thing that they had. And the next thing that they have is Halo Infinite, which we haven't seen since. I think last year around July, so like almost a year since we last saw it. So that's kind of why I'm just like, okay, like I get it, but like you should probably start wrapping up. And I, I, I think E3 is coming soon, you know, like all that stuff in a couple of weeks. So we'll probably see more around then. But like Sony, the fact that even before E3, before anything, are already like, here you go, here's Returnal. Here you go, here's Ratchet and Clank, June 11th. Here you go, Horizon Forbidden West. Here's gameplay. It's gonna be coming out this year. You know, the fact that they already have three big exclusives games that you would want to get with your PS5, not, I mean, obviously not including the games that are already out, like Miles Morales and Demon's Souls. I think that's already pushing the PS5 even more, even further and further. And it just kind of goes down to, obviously a lot of people are still deciding between the PS5 and the Xbox, but I think by next year, if PS5 has also like a date set for God of War, maybe a date set for Gran Turismo, maybe a date set for the new Uncharted game or something like that. And you know, like all these games are just kind of set and they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to have these games in 2022. And I won't be surprised if Spider-Man 2 is also coming out in 2022. We we never know, right? 
So like if if they have all these games coming, like by that time in 2022, when people are looking, when these are these consoles are readily available and people are choosing between an Xbox and PS5 in a, in a game store and they see all these games on PS5 side and they see just Halo Infinite and hopefully something else. I really hope Xbox releases something else after Halo Infinite or even around then. But let's just say it's just Halo Infinite for now, maybe a Forza. Obviously, people will just say, yeah, the PS5 just makes more sense. So I think I think like I can see the strategy, but again, like I, I do wish it was, I, I, I know I want to attach it, but I, I, I do wish Horizon Forbidden West was only meant for the PS5. Okay, so from that, we want I want to go on to talk about E3 for a little bit because E3 or Summer Games Fest, whatever you want to call it. So now I'll kind of discuss what I think will happen for each of the each of the uh, the platforms or each of the publishers, what do you want to call them, the console makers. Um, and I think the biggest one has to be Nintendo because there's been rumors that Nintendo is going to be releasing their Nintendo Switch Pro or uh, Super Nintendo Switch or uh, new, new Nintendo Switch, whatever you want to call it, just like an up-res, you know, 4K version of the Nintendo Switch that probably like a, like a PS4 Pro. So it's not like you can't run games on your older Switch. It'll just run way, way better on the new one. And it does seem like that is going to be something that will be happening almost for, for certain now because of all the outlets that have been coming out with all this information about the new Nintendo Switch and everything like that. And it does seem that they have some games like Metroid, maybe even Breath of the Wild, like kind of planned. So I think uh, between both of the other, like I, I like I said, like Halo Infinite and everything like that is great. And even Horizon is great. But it, I'm, it, I'm sorry, but even as me as a Sony fan or PlayStation fan, I can definitely say that Horizon does not compare to Breath of the Wild or even Metroid, even though Metroid hasn't been out for a while. Like just Nintendo just has a very, very different kind of a pull. And Nintendo is basically the console maker that I have my eyes set on for this E3 because I'm really excited to see what they bring. Um, I'll definitely pick up the new Nintendo Switch. I'm not going to buy the um, Skyward Sword HD. Like I'm, I'm definitely like, I like, I truly believe in voting with your wallet and all that. Um, so like with that game, I do not agree with that game and what they're doing with it and how it's priced that much and everything like that. But I definitely love the, the Switch console itself. I love everything about it. I've been playing a lot of Mata and Arise, stuff like that. So I will definitely support the new Nintendo Switch whenever it comes out so I can hopefully play the game in 4K. Hopefully it has really cool surround sound capabilities and stuff like that too, which should be good. Um, and on top of that, I'm just excited to see what what else they have coming this year because they already have they already had Mass Hunter Rise. I know they have a couple of games here and there. They have Mario Golf, of course. They have Scarab Sword HD. But like Nintendo seems like after last year, because last year wasn't like a big hitter for them in a sense. Obviously they still sold a lot other than good thanks to Animal Crossing. Um, but this year it does seem like they have a lot of stuff that was just kind of waiting for and all of them all those stuff will stuff will start to come out soon. So I'm kinda excited to see what Nintendo does. I'm I'm predicting definitely that Breath of the Wild 2 should most likely come out this year al- alongside the new Nintendo Switch. And I think they already announced that the Pokemon games will come out um end of this year too. So they have a lot of stuff coming out. So like I said, like if you if you don't have a Nintendo Switch, like I don't know, I don't know what your waiting for Nintendo is just they just have so many exclusives so many games at this point that the Nintendo Switch is just that console that you always have and then PS5 and Xbox is kind of the one that you want to decide on or the PC or something like that you know so Nintendo is like doing a great job in terms of at least making their console more more appealing and I'm, I'm hoping that we get more information hopefully it is like a 4k switch and everything like that and not just like a minor upgrade I do hope that we do see a, a really good upgrade and we also see some gameplay or see um, the 
a new game actually taking advantage of that hard work because I think that will be pretty fun or that will be pretty interesting or good, I should say, for us. So from that, I want to talk about, of course, Xbox. Xbox is the next one. Um, their, their E3 is also building up quite a bit because it's been almost six months and um, unlike Sony, they haven't really had big games. They obviously had good games come out on Game Pass day one, but I'm talking about exclusive. They haven't had that game, that thing that says, yeah, you need to buy an Xbox because of this. You need to buy an Xbox right now because we're the only place you can play this game. Uh, even if you include PC, but like as a, in terms of consoles, this is the only place you can play this game. And they just haven't done that. They still haven't done that. We're, we still keep waiting. Uh, you know, Halo Infinite is like the one that people keep bringing up and they keep saying that, yeah, Halo Infinite's coming. It's coming. Uh, it's going to come this year. It's not delayed, all that. It's like, okay, that's great. That's fine. I'm excited for Halo Infinite, but you know, I want to see more. But on top of that, I also want to see other games. So I think this is where, uh, during E3 is when Xbox kind of has their chance to be able to actually shine and kind of bring forward a lot of the games that even if they don't come out this year, if it's early next year, if it's small things here and there, they just need to talk to us about it. Don't 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 show us like like a, a two-second teaser or like a logo or anything like that. Like just just show us something that will just get us excited. Show us the way that like the, something like Uncharted 4 or God of War, that gameplay when we saw and like how we saw like the the reveal and the gameplay in the same same demo and everything like that and how that was so surprising and everyone got so surprised that oh my god God of War is back so I just I just want them to do something like that with some something like I when I think about when I think about games and stuff like that like I'm like okay they're already like you know Gears Five just came out they're gonna make a new Gears like Gears Six and stuff like that which is great but Gears unfortunately just does not have that kind of pull anymore does not have people kind of being going on their on the edge of their seats anymore like the way it did uh, in the past you know halo infinite can still do that but like obviously as we saw in the, uh, saw last year um it it, it unfortunately didn't, wasn't able to kind of uh, capture everyone that they wanted and, and rightfully so the game didn't didn't look uh, like it was in the best shape but like i we just need something so i think like if it's their version of a horizon or their version of a spider-man i just hope that they are kind of doing that. They are obviously working with Bethesda and they're working on an Indiana Jones game. Stuff like that. They are working on cool things. So I, I just hope that they come out and say, hey, by the way, Starfield is coming out this year. And here you go. Look at Starfield. This is only on Xbox. Hey, you know what? We made a deal with Disney. Same way how Spider-Man has a deal with uh, with Sony and everything like that. Even though I was kind of, I don't get like why people always do this, but people forget that Sony does kind of own the right for Spider-Man. It's kind of like the shared thing between Spider-Man and Marvel. And everyone just kind of blows past it. Everyone just kind of goes over that. And I'm like, I'm like, no, the reason Sony got full um, ownership of Spider-Man was after the Activision deal finished, they were, they, you know, they, this is why the whole thing happened where at one point um, Tom Holland and everyone, we weren't sure if like he would be back to play a Spider-Man because Spider-Man was kind of away from Disney at, the, at that point because Disney and Sony couldn't reach a deal or whatever it was. I'm going, I'm going away from, uh, from gaming and whatever, but you can definitely look this up. So that's kind of one of the reasons why Sony has Spider-Man. But on, on the Xbox side, maybe they can go to Disney and you know, flaunt all this money that they've been flaunting to people and say, hey, we're going to give you all this money and let us make an Iron Man game. Let us make a Daredevil game. You know, let us make some game or, whatever, or something like that. And this will only be available on Xbox and PC. And, you know, like that would be great. That would really, really get people excited. It would make if they can do this with DC, let's say. Like, obviously, like, again, Warner Brothers, uh, I don't know if they will do that. But again, who knows, right? Who knows? Microsoft has so much money. Maybe they can come up with some deal that 
hey, we want to make a new Batman game, or if, if you're already working on a Batman game other than Gotham Knights, other than Suicide uh, Suicide Squad, like a fully a, a full Batman game, like we want to publish it, we want to own that game fully, we want to put that on on our console only. Like I'm, I'm. They just need to put out something. They just need to put out something that, hey, look at this, look at how fun this looks, look at how amazing this looks, and this is only possible on our system, on our console, in our in our ecosystem. And this is why you need to buy a, a buy a console. Forget Game Pass. Forget everything else. Forget all other stuff. Games. At the end of the day, it's about games. It's not about buying cheap games. It's not about buying expensive games. It's about buying games that can win Game of the Year awards. Are getting nines out of ten, ten out of tens. It's getting people who don't know anything about that game talking. And I think that's what Microsoft needs to do. So I, I'm I'm hoping that you know they they have a new Forza. I'm sure coming. They have a new Halo Infinite coming, and and that's great. But I just want them to come out with a game that really, really surprises everyone. That really makes people go, "Oh my God, what what is that game? I need to get that game." And like, it could be a new Marvel game. It could be a DC game. It could be something that they're developing internally, and we don't even know anything about. It. And it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna rock our worlds, right? But we, I just want them to show something, and this is their time to shine with that. And obviously, we'll go on to PlayStation. I think PlayStation is. They don't really do this E3 thing anymore. They just kind of release data plays, kind of like today. I think I think this is kind of what Sony was planning to do, was that rather than showing Horizon Forbidden West gameplay at E3, we're just going to show something now. Uh, we're, they're probably going to release something before um, Ratchet and Clank comes out. Maybe not. Maybe they'll release something around then. Who knows? But I, I do expect them to kind of have another state of play around E3 where they might kind of just talk about other games and just games in the pipeline, be it God of War, be it Silent Hill or Konami, deals or whatever it may be email gift solid i i do think sony this year at least will be coming out to kind of at least give you an idea of what that pipeline looks like let you know that hey these are all the games that have come out so far but look this these are all the games that are coming in the next year like we're making a promise to you that we have all these amazing games coming out so this is why if you see a single ps5 available on your walmart page amazon wherever you click buy you buy right now because we've got you covered when it comes to games. And I think Sony definitely needs to come out with their version of Game Pass. It's not gonna be, and I, I, I totally get their their perspective, it's not gonna be anything like Xbox where, oh, day one, like we're gonna put our exclusives on it. And like, obviously there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason because Xbox is behind and, and let's be honest, their exclusives, other than Sunset Overdrive in my opinion, have not really been uh, up to par. I mean, Crackdown 3 was like this big exclusive that we're working, working on and that game was bad. That game was really, really bad. And that was like came out on Game Pass. Uh, sea of Thieves as well was not a good game for single player uh, single player gamers, which I uh, realized quickly. And I I love that game. I played like I played that game a lot on my PC. But again, it was not a game. It's still not a game that I'm like, oh my god, you need to get an Xbox for Sea of Thieves. You know, like they're the games that they keep releasing day one on Game Pass are still are not nine out of ten to ten out of tens. You know, when that ten out of ten comes out on Game Pass then it's a different story. Right now, it's all 9 out of 10s, and maybe that will change with Halo Infinite. I don't know. But going back to Sony, like I, I totally get that they don't want to do their Game Pass equivalent where they're like, hey, all these amazing games that we have, like God of War, Uncharted, Last of Us Part 3, whatever's coming out, you know, like uh, Horizon, Ratchet & Clank. We, we don't want to put these games like day one. There, there's something about, it's like, kind of like the Nintendo thing. It's like there's something about the quality. There's so much quality, so much work put into this game. We don't want to put it as part of this. We want to, it's kind of, it's almost like the Mark Scorsese thing of like, no, we, I don't want to put this on like a tiny screen or whatever. I want you to experience it like in like big screen or whatever, right? Um, so I think I, I totally get like that perspective, but I think they do need to come up with a Game Pass equivalent where 
is like PS Now, what they have with PS Now, but you can download all these games. So give me what PS Now is right now with all those games. I think they have like six, 700 games. I don't know if there was a lot of games, but put games on there. It doesn't have to be new games. It can be old games and stuff like that. And maybe a couple of new games here and there if they can make the right deals, but just something of that sort where here you go, like, uh, you know, God of War that has been out for a while. Here you go, it's on PS Now. Uh, Days Gone, obviously, like this is all on PS Plus. Like as I'm saying it, like anyone that has, has a PS5 and PS Plus already has some sort of access to it, right? Which is why it's a little iffy with all this. But I think they just need to make one unified version of it that they can kind of market it and and kind of almost butt heads with Game Pass. You know, they can say, oh, Game Pass has games day one. Uh, you know what? Game Pass has uh, uh, like uh, the medium. They have Gears 5, stuff like that. But look, we look at what we have. We've got Death Stranding. We've got Dreams that just came out a while back. You know, we've just like, just something, you know, maybe in a while they can put Ghost Tsushima and Last of Us Part 2 on it, right? Like, I think that's what they kind of need to do is after a year or two, start putting those big games, big, big games like Spider-Man, God of War, all those stuff on that service as well and start putting putting it putting it up against uh, Game Pass. And I think, I definitely think that they will officially announce that God of War is not coming out this year. I feel like we already know it's not. Um, it's already getting money packed this year when it comes to Sony. I, I just do not see them releasing four games, four big games in one year. It's possible, but I think I don't think we're all. I don't think we're that lucky. But I, I do see them officially saying that hey, it's delayed. It's coming out in twenty twenty two, and then you know we'll we'll see we'll see everything very soon, and you'll see more information very soon. And plus, I just I just want them to kind of do some cool reveals again. You know, maybe say Mel Gear Solid is back. Maybe we see Snake again. Like I don't know, but just just something like that, something really cool. Some cool reveals will will go a long way. Just to kind of keep that excitement for Sony, and obviously PS five is like the biggest console. Uh, the most wanted console right now. And like, I think just doing something like this will make sure that that excitement continues into 2022, all that's just continued from then on. So from that, we can move on to my thoughts for of uh, Resident Evil Village. So I just played Resident Evil Village. Me and uh, Savsav and I, both of, both of us kind of played it in a couple of sittings. Um, it, was, it took us like 12 hours or so, uh, 12 or 13 hours, I can't remember exactly which. Um, we did a lot of the side stuff as well, so you don't really need to do a lot of the side stuff, but we did. We wanted to get like, you know, all the weapons, we wanted to upgrade a lot of the stuff, uh, all that stuff. And it was, it was really fun. It was really, really good. There were some really, really cool, like it was, like obviously I'm not going to, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to, because the game just came out, I don't want to spoil anything, but it has some really, really cool concepts that you would not expect. And of course, and rightfully so that a lot of reviewers and, and gameplay videos don't show. Um, and at the same time, I do want to like say that it's, it's not as scary as Resident Evil 7, although that atmosphere definitely exists. So don't, don't think that you're, you're just like, it's not scary and it's all about this shooting stuff here and there. Like, no, the atmosphere is still there. You do feel uneasy. You do feel, you do kind of have those moments, but it's definitely not like as, as scary in a way. And I think Capcom did that purposely because I think they were saying that People found Resident Evil 7 too scary or or whatever. And, and and for that reason, they wanted to kind of tone it down a little bit, which is why they kind of went down more of that Resident Evil 4 route, which I totally get where it's a bit more action oriented, but at the same time, it still is kind of the same Resident Evil 7 vibes. And for me, it was kind of meeting me right in the middle where I like that. I like both sides. I like the action aspect of it. I like the scary aspect of it. You know, if I want to play a full on horror game, I'll play a game like Devotion or Outlast or something like that. You know, like that's fine. Resident Evil can do its own thing and be its own thing. So like, I definitely, if, if you're not a person that, if you're a person that doesn't really enjoy horror games or you don't like Resident Evil to begin with, I, I don't, don't, don't spend 
full price on this game right now. Like I would rather you uh, play Resident Evil 7, check that out, see how you like it, if you enjoy that, and then jump in. Or just if you know, if if it's you play Resident Evil 7 and you don't like it as much, but you're still interested to see what the difference is in Resident Evil 8, I would just say wait for a sale at that point. But if you're a Resident Evil fan you uh, and, and someone like me, uh, you love Resident Evil 2 Remake, you love Resident Evil 3 Remake. No, I wouldn't say love Resident Evil 3 Remake. I liked it. Uh, you loved Resident Evil 7 and the DLC and everything associated with that. Resident Evil 8 at that point is like a, a no-brainer. I think Resident Evil 8 is like a day one buy in that case. Like that was a case for me. Um, I loved it and I really, really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that they do release a DLC pack or something or some sort of season pass where they add more story elements to it. It has some cool twists and turns and the story is very coherent, unlike Resident Evil 7 where I was really confused. <laughs> this one, like the, the, uh, they, they, it does make a lot more sense surprisingly. And it gives you enough lore or enough items or things that you can look into or research or, or, or read to kind of add to it and supplement that knowledge. So they do a good job that way. Like overall, Resident Evil Village, like I really loved it. It's, it's, it's basically like in my top games list for the year, although like I haven't played too many. I, I, I mean, still, even right now, Hitman 3 is still number one. I love Hitman. That's just a that's just a given at this point. And then it's obviously it takes two, and then Monster Hunter Rise, and then Resident Evil Village. I will say Monster Hunter Rise and Resident Evil Village are kind of clashing for number three, because Monster Hunter Rise is great, but Resident Evil Village was yeah like it was it was one of those games that I just didn't want to stop playing, and I just really really enjoyed it. So like again, I will I will definitely recommend this game if you are thinking about it. Like check it out. Obviously read some other reviews. Uh, talk like look look at or listen to other YouTube videos or podcasts and stuff like that. But if you love Resident Evil Seven, yeah, no doubt, just pick up Resident Evil Eight whenever you get a chance. After this, we can actually yeah, we can you know what we can talk about this Steam Switch thing that's kind of coming up. We'll we'll probably talk about it for like a couple of seconds only. But this new Steam Switch thing, apparently Steam or Valve is trying to get into this handheld market. I'm not sure how this is gonna work. I can see them kind of using kind of having the same kind of power level in terms of um, graphical powers and 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 CPU power, all that stuff, uh, like the Switch, and you know, just kind of meeting that minimum requirement, and then having a curated list from Steam and saying that, hey, all those PC games that you love, here you go, it's all available on handheld. And I, I like that's something I don't like. I don't know because the problem is like I don't know how that will work because it it is gonna come down to them having to make sure that future games or future titles are also gonna be made for the handheld, you know, because these games of Steam are meant for PCs. Obviously, they all look at what the, you know, lowest common, common de uh, de denominator is when it comes to the GPU um, available and stuff like that. But in that case, right, it's going to be even harder because it'll be like a set thing. And I, like, I don't know. I don't know what, what the approach will be. What I can totally see them doing is doing that, having like, you know, a, a handheld version with a good enough GPU, good enough CPU, all that stuff. And then saying that, hey, you know what? Us as Valve are going to develop game for PC, but also for this. So it'll be available on PC. So if the next Half-Life comes out, it'll be available on PC and that handheld. You know, I can totally see them doing that as a means to kind of push it because it does seem like Valve does want to get back into the video game making market. So I won't be surprised if this is their way of saying that, okay, like we can see how big handheld is. And they also know in places like Japan, in a lot of Asian countries, handheld is, is just keys that's just that's just what you need like the mobile gaming market is is what is what is happening right now so i think they are seeing this as a way to kind of penetrate that market 
and at the same time be able to kind of get all these amazing PC games and also be able to expose so many people to all these Valve games. So I, because I, it, it, it is it is a hard sell to kind of get someone to buy a gaming PC or build a gaming PC, you know, like there's a huge PC user base. But when you look at any game like, like uh, Resident Evil Village, you'll always see the PS5 or the PlayStation version sell the most and then the Xbox version and then the PC version, right? Because at the end of the day, PCs that can run some of these newer games, it's, it's only a, a, such a small amount. At the same time, not everyone likes to play on their PC. This is like no joke. A lot of people that a lot of people that have gaming PCs have a proper setup, have a headset, have a, a nice monitor, have everything set up. A lot of people that have a, otherwise have a PC or a laptop or whatever don't really have everything set up for for gaming in a sense, and they would rather play it on a console. So I can totally see Valve why Valve wants to do this. And it can definitely be successful as long as they have some actual Valve exclusives. And you know, they have a lot of IPs and they have they have some really great developers there. So hopefully, you know, they start they start actually utilizing these developers and maybe making some games for once. So we can move on to talking about some of the games that I have been playing. I've mainly been playing Monster Hunter Rise and Resident Evil Village, as I kind of talked about, uh, Monster Hunter Rise on my streams, which you can check out at twitch.tv slash Amandaman. And Resident Evil Village, of course, I was playing that with Safsil, which we finished a little while back. The other game I just started playing is Immortal Phoenix Rising. A lot of people have been telling me to play this game. Um, my sister, she like loves this game. She loves Zelda and she started playing this on her Switch and she just fell in love with this game. So I started this, I'm, I think I'm like, like an hour and a half to two hours in. And so far it's good, so far it's fun. It's, it's definitely a Ubisoft game. Like I always kind of bring it up that Ubisoft makes very Ubisoft kind of games. Like they're, it, it, like it's not like, you know, like when you look at something like Monster Rise and Resident Evil Village, you can never imagine, in my brain, I can never imagine that Capcom made those two games. Whereas Ubisoft, whenever they make a game, it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, Ubisoft made this game. Okay, I get it. Yeah, um, uh, Watch Dogs is yeah, yeah, Ubisoft. Oh, uh, the new uh, Assassin's Creed, yeah, Ubisoft game. Like, every, it just meshes too much. Uh, even with Far Cry 6, it's going to be, again, the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, it's a Ubisoft game. But, like, uh, Immortal Rising, again, like, it was a game that was recommended, and, and I started playing it, and has the Ubisoft tropes and everything like that. But it, the gameplay is kind of more reminiscent to to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I guess. So which which is the which for which the gameplay no not for which the gameplay of which I really really enjoyed. I really liked Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Valhalla's gameplay and stuff like that and the mechanics. So the gameplay is really fun. It's obviously more cartoony. The comedy is not that funny. Like I I thought I I'm a person that like actually does find most things funny, but like the comedy in this one, like, at least the writing wasn't funny. It was funny at times, but a lot of times it was just like so cringy. But I, again, like that, that's kind of besides the point. We don't, I'm not really focused on that part uh, too much because I'm starting to like, you know, enjoy the game. That was kind of the whole point of me playing that game. But overall, two hours in, I will say that I am enjoying it enough to the point that I would probably play 30 to 40 minutes per day. Uh, you know, once I'm done with work and everything like that, like maybe 30, 40 minutes here and there and, and keep playing it. I don't know how long it will take for me to finish the game, but it's definitely, it definitely has me intrigued. And I was surprised. I wasn't. I, I did not think that would happen. I definitely thought that. Hey, you know what? Like, I'll probably try it. If I don't like it, I'll, I'll, you know, get rid of the game. I'll give it to someone or something like that. But I'm actually surprisingly enjoying the game. So I will, I will give, I will give Ubisoft that. Uh, Ubisoft definitely surprised me last year with all the games that were coming out because there were so many of them, and I was so excited for a couple of them. And then in, in the end, like it was, yeah, it was, it was unfortunately like not, not very. Uh, I was a little disappointed, but hopefully with Far Cry 6 coming out soon, maybe uh, uh, new Ubisoft games coming out this year, hopefully we'll see some cool, amazing, cool ideas coming from Ubisoft that we saw in the past, which is one of the reasons I always loved them as a development studio and a development team and everything like that. 
So we will leave it there. Thank you so much everyone for joining. It really means a lot. Uh, please check out my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash amandaman. You can also email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the social media links, my Twitch channel and the email, all that stuff, everything will be in the description below so you can check it out. And of course, message me on Instagram if you want to talk, anything like that. I'm always open to messages and hearing you talk about video games and, and just talking about life in general. Thank you so much, everyone. I will see everyone next time. Bye.